Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2 on Sports Podcast for December 9th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric and I'm the man behind ETOF 2 on Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF 2 on, on Instagram at ETOF 2 on Sports underscore, on TikTok at ETOF 2 on Sports, and make sure you like and subscribe to my Twitch and YouTube channel at ETOF 2 on Sports. How is everyone doing? We have an absolutely phenomenal show lined up for you today. My boy David, aka Better DP21. Him and I are going to tell you what bets to lock in for the NFL this week. My boy Nick at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. We're going to help you build a DFS lineup. If you tailed our lineup last week, you cashed. You cashed. Then my boy Jason, aka Boy the Line on Instagram and Twitter is going to come on. Him and I are going to tell you what UFC bets to come in. And then lastly, Brandon. Brandon mailed his picks in today, but Brandon at BostonBoy83 on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to tell you what NHL bets to lock in for tonight, Friday. As I said, great show for you to line up. But before, I need to go on a little rant. I need to go on a little rant. I'm going to go on a little rant. If you guys don't like my rants, you're going to have to move on. There is a huge difference, and we're starting to see this in social media, between people that actually bet, like myself, I bet big boy money on these bets, and these guys that are content creators. I can tell within two seconds what these people are. And I'm seeing these lot of content creators breaking into this market on Twitter, on Instagram, saying this, saying that. Guys, I'm going to be honest. Being successful sports better takes hours takes hard work grinding working the guy that taught me brad taught me you got to work at this to be successful and then you have to maintain that level so when i see these dudes posting these tickets and and doing like showing off all this stuff you're telling me you're not a sports better and i have other ways but that's my vent uh thursday night football game Matthew Barry tweeted out something I found really interesting. Do we think Matt Stafford retires? And if Matt Stafford retires, is it Baker's team now? Baker looked better. Uh, still, I'll be honest. It was impressive. It was really impressive what he did. I, it's Baker, though. I really still don't trust him. You need a heavy running game. You need that improved offensive line. But Matthew Perry, Matthew Barry, excuse me, made a good point in terms of what exactly is going to happen with Matt Stafford and if he's going to retire. Um Interesting thought, something to think about. But yeah, we cashed the Rams. Unfortunately, we didn't get Forrest Monroe, um, Foster Monroe, excuse me, who went under his uh, prop total, not even close, which is my fault, guys. But now, like I said, great show for you today. Uh, as always, the ETOF21 Sports Podcast is presented by PointsBet. Looking for a dependable sports bet? Go to the PointsBet app on your cell phone, download the app, initial deposit, get 100% match bonus up to 2K. Now, let's jump into the podcast. Like I said, we have a phenomenal show planned for you today. We've reached the point of the podcast where we're going to talk NFL and NFL bets, and who better to come on than my boy on Twitter and Instagram, better, DP21. David, how are you doing today, my man? Doing great. Looking forward to flying out to Buffalo tonight and go see my Bills over the weekend against the Jets, so definitely got a play that I'll be talking about with everybody for that one. Now... Over under on tables jumped that you jumped through is what? Uh, at least two. <laughs> at least two. 
at yeah. least two. Have, have you done that? I've never jumped through a table before. Have you? I've never done it, but you know what? When in Rome, I'm going to be there. If they got a table ready for me, I'm going to, on the hunt. I'm going to look for it. I've already talked to my dad and my sister about this. This is a thing. This is, you know, we're coming mentally prepared to do this. <laughs> you got, I, I, I got to see video footage of that. I got to see video <laughs> footage of you jumping through a table. That would be hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're here. We're hitting at 60%, 18 and 11 and 1 since we started doing this and week four. Uh, basically, how it works out for those turning in for the first time is I give a player prop. David gives a first half bet and a side, and I give a side. So, but that's not the order we go in. David gives a David gives a first half. I give a player prop. David gives a side. Then I give a side. So, David, what is the first half bet you are looking at, my friend? Yes, sir. So. <clears throat> I'm going to the well, you know, they have not done us wrong here over many weeks. Um, I really like the matchup. I really like everything about this for us. Um, looking at the Eagles giants, right? Like Eagles minus four for the first half right now. Again, this team in terms of their offensive efficiency is in the top five in both passing. They, you know, passing and rushing is what I was getting at. They are number one in rushing offense. They are number three in their passing offense, um, their passing defense is ranked number two and their rushing defense has come around a little bit, um, you know, with some of the acquisitions that they've had. So they are sitting at number 23. I really like this matchup for them, uh, even on the road, you know, against the giants, uh, the giants, you know, retrospect, they are middle of the pack, uh, second, third, in terms of passing offense and rushing offense, 10 and 13 respectively. Defensively, though, they are in the very bottom, uh, 27 and 28 rushing defense and passing defense, respectively. So I just really like this is like the best edge that I'm seeing in terms of a first half side across the board. You are looking at what I consider um, an eight point model projection delta between the book line and what I'm seeing the Eagles being able to cover by at least two scores. So I don't care if that says minus four. I really like where it's at. I like the fact that they can at least cover by a touchdown and win this one. Um, so I am looking at Eagles minus four all day. Eagles have been an absolute covering machine the first half of this year. They've been absolutely insane. They're playing some great ball. Um, do you th – though this is just completely off the beaten track. Do you think they're coming out of the um, of the NFC? I do. I'll tell I, do. You I sure hope they do because I have um I am heavily heavily invested in futures in them um and real quickly you mentioned them this year they're 9 and 3 ATS in the first half they've just been an absolute covering machine right exactly i mean there was only i think there was only one week that i gave them out sometime around week 7 and it might have been their only loss they had of that season that I gave them out that week in terms of first half bet and they didn't cover that. Um, or even they might've won that still by one. I, I can't recall, but I, I just know there's only one time that they didn't cover for us in the first half when I gave them out. Um, I know the first time they didn't cover was that Thursday night game against the Texans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, probably it. <laughs> um, my player prop going to with a little bit of a different one. Um, I am going with, 
Derek Henry, but over 14 and a half receiving yards. Um, he ran 16 routes last week in the matchup against the uh, against the Eagles. And the Jaguars are giving up the third most um, receiving yards to opposing running backs and the third most receptions to opposing running backs. I know Henry's not a big factor in the passing game, but with Haskins being hurt and it's basically just him and Dante Hilliard, I think this is a good play. Just looking at him, he's gone over this total in two of his last three games and in five games against the Jaguars. He has 17 targets, 11. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Last five games against the Jaguars, 11 targets, nine receptions and 146 yards. That's almost 30 yards per game receiving against the the Jaguars. So I like Derrick Henry over night 14. Derrick Henry over 14 and a half receiving yards yeah i mean you know they passing defense wise um for the jags is number 31 i mean they absolutely should be throwing on this team uh traylon burks is likely out still with a a concussion uh their new rookie receiver so i do think there's going to be some checkdowns that you know um Tannehill or whoever his backup is. I can't, I'm blanking on his name, but Malik Willis. Yes. Well, either way, I think they'll check it down to Henry to, to cover that easily with that weak passing defense of, of the Jags. And then also Burks may not even go. So if Burks doesn't even go, right. he's going to be a bigger factor in the passing game too. Um, What side are you looking at my friend? Yeah, for the full game, I am looking at yeah, like I talked about, right? Like I'm I'm going to the Bills game. I'm going to be there. I want to talk about this game. Um, I'm looking at the Jets Bills and looking at the Jets plus ten. Um, you know, interdivisional rivalry here, a very big spot for both teams. Um, you know, to to talk about you know where they rank in the division, where they're ranking for the playoffs, with wild cards, all this other stuff. Um, it is a big matchup here. The Jets, respectively, from a passing offense, you know, obviously they got, you know, <clears throat> their quarterback filling right now. Um, Mike, you know, White. Mike White, basically, he's throwing all over people, right? Like he's throwing the ball. He's he's definitely not afraid to chuck it up there. Um, but they're, you know, passing offense is still ranked twenty three. The rushing offense is still there, though. I mean, they have not skipped a beat with Michael Carter out. And Zonovan Knight coming in. Um, they're ranked number 12, respectively. They have a rushing defense. This is where the game should get tight. Their rushing defense is ranked number 11. Bill's rushing offense, you know, also ranked um, right around 17, I think I got them. So, pretty, you know, for a team that's, you know, prides themselves on trying to run the ball a little bit more, I know they throw it a ton, but, you know, they need to start running a little bit. Um, I don't know that the rush is going to be their their way of doing it, but you know, again, the Jets defense on passing defense, they are top five. They are number ranked number five. So I think this is going to very very much be a very defensive game. It is supposed to rain. <laughs> it is supposed to rain a lot. <laughs> so, you know, I'm looking at an 80% chance in the weather for rain as well. So I do think they're going to try and keep this ball on the ground. Um, the Bills rushing defense is number three. 
and passing defense number seven. I mean, you know, I, I do think it's going to be a de- defensive struggle between two teams. Um, I do not think that they cover in terms of like getting, I mean, my model average in terms of the totals right on par with Vegas right now, sitting right about 44 Vegas total, I think 43 and a half. So I'm not touching the total there, but you know, with the weather conditions, everything else, I just really see this being um, more of a defensive battle between these teams. I mean, the bills have looked stronger in recent weeks. Um, I like the fact that they're even incorporating cook a little bit more, um, you know, with Singletary. So they're having a nice little one-two punch on the ground. They're going to have to use a lot more of that to cover. I see this game more at a line of minus three in favor of the Bills than 10. So I definitely have them covering, uh, or I have the Jets covering. And, you know, one of my fun uh, spread trends against the against the spread is that away dogs are covering at a 53% clip. I think even, you know, for division rivalries, I'm sure that's even a higher number. Um, you might know it better than I do, but point is that's where i'm looking at i put my money on the jets plus 10 even though i'm going to be at the game as a bills fan i'm i just think they can actually cover and keep it close that's always fun when you go to a game you're a fan of the home team and you bet on the other team <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was gonna say like i don't know another situation this is ever happening but it happens. i've been there a couple of times when i used to have my buck season tickets and i would go i was going up to milwaukee all the time there would be numerous times when I would be betting on a team that was playing against the Bucks, and I'm a Bucks homer. So yeah. there, I, you know what, I've been there. Um, yeah, and you know, like, and the way I look at it is this: like, I'm gonna be cheering on Buffalo the whole way through and through. And if for some reason me betting against my team gives them a win, so be it. <laughs> you know so it's a win-win and maybe you can win both ways <laughs> so uh my my next play um is i am going to and this one's utterly disgusting too the denver broncos plus nine and a half uh home divisional dogs 55 percent ats this year that are getting seven or more points seven and one sorry se- home divisional dogs getting seven or more 55% ATS seven and one this year. Looking at Mahomes, Mahomes, a road favorite, seven or more points is 33% ATS. Uh, Chiefs defense is a nightmare. 25th DVOA, 18th rush, 26th pass. And they really struggle defending the slot. So this is going to be a huge Jerry Judy game. He's going to be running all over the place, getting that underneath. And the real weakness of the, of the um, Broncos defense is, is defending the run. They're really good against the pass, but they're really weak defending the run. Chiefs have been struggling all this year to establish the um, the running game. And then also something, and this is one of the comments that one of my friends made, is he feels as soon as the Chiefs get inside the five, it becomes a circus show because they don't have that big back. Like yep. everything, a lot of trickeration, a lot of, Tight end jet sweeps, Kelsey under center. So um, I don't know. I, I like the Broncos here. It's a big number. I think they'll be able to keep it in there. It kind of reminds me of the game last year when I bet Drew Locke, and it was right there to the very end, and then it fell off. But home divisional dog getting seven or more. You know, I like the Broncos here. I bet him at plus nine and a half. So interesting fact for you. Um, you know, I actually like it 
first of all, because um, my model agrees with you. They, I actually have the game overall at a more minus six and a half, minus seven number. So uh-huh. they're definitely covering within that. I, actually, my model is even showing a first half even greater advantage because for the first half line, they're sitting at a six. So even that, I mean, they're sitting almost a better you know, position for the first half, if you will, um, you know, between that and the full, uh, the full game in terms of a spread, in my opinion. Um, additionally, I was going to just say, point out the exact same things as you, right? Like you mentioned, Broncos passing defense is so much better. They're, they're in the top four. Um, they're rushing defense. Those and, you know, the bottom middle of the pack number 17. So I do agree with you in terms of where you're saying, keeping it close and, and how they should keep it close. So, you know, absolutely. I think if I were to, you know, jump in on this one, I'd probably jump on the first half um, plus six for the Broncos myself. Okay. A little free play there, there yeah. for David. Little, another one. Um, David, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I know you got a flight to chat, catch. God, I can't talk. I cannot talk today. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank you for coming on. I know you have a flight to catch. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Yeah, thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate it. Um, anybody ever looking to talk shop, as usual, find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram, betterdp21, better with an O-R. So thank you very much, Eric. really appreciate the time today. Uh, thanks for coming on, my friend. And then just so everyone knows, even when football is over, what we're going to do is that we're going to transcend from football to a little NBA, a little college. But that's not going to be until February. So uh, that's going to be right in the swing of conference play. Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a ways away. But, uh, you know, look forward to talking to you next week. Safe travels. Enjoy the game. And make sure you send me some footage of that uh, table jump, my friend. I will, buddy. Thank you. Just like he is here every single week, Nick, a.k.a. at D-N-A-A Fantasy on Twitter is stopping by to talk. How you doing today, my man? Great. How are you doing, Eric? Good, 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 good. Now, we did pretty good last week. You know, we cashed in a couple of them. Uh, you know, great call by you playing A.J. Brown. He went off for 20. Um, in the contest I played, he was only 8% owned, which really which really struck me as a as a shock. Did you think that ownership was a little bit low for him? Yeah, I was surprised by that too, but it did work out because it got us some, some money there. So, And then Burrow balled out. So those are – Two great calls. We're able to get over our benchmark of 120 points to be able to cash, namely thanks to those guys. So that was great work by you calling those two out. Um, Now, as always, we do start sits. So, guys, when you're listening to this, if you have a start sit question, you can DM me on Twitter, Instagram, DM Nick on Twitter, and, you know, we'll do our best to point you in the right direction. This is kind of – Crunch time now with fantasy football playoffs starting this week in some leagues, next week and uh, next week in a couple. Uh, first one, Deshaun Watson or Geno Smith? I got to go with Geno at home. Uh, you know he's been he's been great all year. He's really surprised me. I've been impressed. They need a win to stay with uh, the 49ers. and. Quite frankly, Deshaun was really rusty last week. I think he's still going to need a few more weeks to really get in a rhythm again. Um, and I think Chubb's going to run the ball a lot for the Browns this week against the uh, Bengals. 
Uh, next one, James Cook or Samaji P. Ryan. So this was a full point PPR question. So right. I'm taking James Cook uh, due to the fact that he had 11 targets in his last two games with double digit rushing attempts in two out of his last three. Uh, Cook also had more carries in Singletary last game. Uh, P. Ryan, you know, he's going to take a backseat this week to Mixon coming back. I think his production goes down, um, you know, that it'll significantly decrease from the past couple of games he had. So I think there's more upside to James Cook here. Latavius Murray or Miles Sanders? So I'm going to go with Sanders here. He has a better matchup against the Giants defense, which is 26 in the NFL against the rush. Um, and Murray, Murray's only had only rushed for over 50 yards one time in his last four games and only has one touchdown. So that's a standard scoring. So I don't really see too much upside against the chiefs there with Murray. Corey Davis or Terrence Marshall half point PPR. Well, if I have to choose, I'd say neither, but <laughs> I'll go I'll go with Corey Davis here because he had 10 targets last week, and Mike White seems to be looking his way a little more. I mean, tough matchup against the Bills, but Marshall's a real question mark due to um, uh, Darnold coming in this week, and the one game that Darnold played, Marshall only had one catch on three targets for eight yards. Yeah, a little disappointing. I really like Terrence Marshall. Um Rondell Moore or Ricky James, half-point PPR? Well, Rondell Moore I like a lot, but he didn't practice on Thursday, and he's not really trending in the right direction currently uh, for Monday night, but we'll see what happens. If he does suit up, he's obviously the better option here. He has 24 catches on 31 targets in the three games before his injury, and Richie James is still on a snap count due to his lingering knee issues. Well, I take it from me. I've had lingering knee issues I feel for like 55 years now. Even though I'm not anywhere, even though I'm not anywhere near 55 years old, I feel like I've had lingering knee issues. Are you on a snap count too? I, I I'm going to be on a snap. I'm not going to be on a beer count later tonight. Um, um, now let's shift our attention over to the DFS build. Those listening for the first time, Nick and I are going to build you a DFS lineup with the mindset that this is going to be played in your 50-50 contests. Um, we like to start on defense. Uh, what are some of the low-budget options for defense that you're looking at, and who, who, who would you like to put in? So for low-budget defenses, I'm liking the Lions, the, the Browns, the Jags, and the Broncos. Um, but again, I'm going to lean towards the Lions. Lions are only 3,100 on FanDuel. And I think they're going to straight up win this game. I think your Lions are going to straight up win this game against the Vikings. Their their defense has been looking a lot better as of late. And again, I'm not a fan of the Vikings. I think they're overrated. Their record is inflated. And uh, I think the Lions straight up win. I saw this graph online that's, that showed uh, if one score games were reversed – their outcome was reversed. The Vikings would be one and 11 and the Lions would be eight and four. Um, exactly. <laughs> I agree. I mean, after the bylines, defense looked a lot better. They're moving Hutchinson around. Uh, they got, as soon as they got rid of their DB coach, pleasant DB is looking a lot better. Uh, yeah. I like this play because there's other ones. There's a lot of variability, 
variables with them. So we'll lock in the Lions. Uh, next, let's shift our attention over to the tight end position. As always, what Nick and I like to do is choose between Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews when they are on the main slate. Looking at Kelsey and Andrews, who do you think we should go with this week? I think you got to go with Andrews. Uh, he's only 6800 this week, which I think is a great price. Um, and last year when Huntley was the quarterback, Andrews averaged 17.86 fantasy points and 11 targets a game. Uh, so, I mean, that's just massive opportunity there to, uh, to go off at only 6,800. Whereas Kelsey is, I believe, uh, 8,000. Yeah. So we can pay down for, for Andrews who has the history producing when Huntley's there. And he, would, he had an off week last week. Let's call it what it is. So he's not going to be as owned as the other guys were. So I absolutely love that play of getting in Mark Andrews. So right now we're at Andrews and the Detroit Lions defense. We have 50,100 left. And now let's shift our attention over to the quarterbacks. What Nick and I like to do at the quarterback position is we want the benchmark of 20. Which quarterbacks do you think have the potential of scoring 20 points this week in terms of fantasy football? Uh, so, I mean, Kirk Cousins was an option, but obviously we're going with the Lions defense here, so I'm not going to go with him. Um, you know, Josh Allen always has that potential, but there are weather concerns uh, in Buffalo there. So I I would he's a little obviously high priced as well. So <clears throat> I'm going down the line with, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence as a possibility with a bounce back game versus the Titans. Um, there's obviously Mahomes there, too, but I like. Tyler Huntley. Uh, I know we don't normally stack players in our lineups, but I think with the situations this week, we should stack Huntley with Andrews due to their rapport with each other from last year. And the Steelers are also giving up four yards per carry to opposing quarterbacks. So last year when he played, he averaged averaged 17 fantasy points per game and last week he had 16 in basically only half a game versus the Broncos and the Steelers are currently giving up 19.1 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks and he can run you know we got that rushing upside the passing upside uh so I like that a lot so let's uh let's put in Mr. Tyler Huntley into the lineup now I have one guy that I am adamant absolutely adamant Nicholas that we need to put in this and we're going the guy I'm adamant about is Nick Chubb uh Chubb is insanely underpriced compared to last week when he disappointed Chubb um for the year RB4 last game versus the Bengals he scored 24.9 fantasy points Last year, he scored 29.3 fantasy points in their first matchup, barely played in week 18. Chubb is going to be under-owned last week because I really think a lot of people were invested in him in that matchup against the Texans, didn't produce. And per PFF, the Browns have the third-best matchup this week, offensive line versus defensive line. I say we have to play Nick Chubb. Yeah, at only 8400 he's a $1,200 discount from last week. Uh, so I think I think he's a, that's a great play. So we can agree on that. Good thing you didn't find me because I was re- I was willing to battle you on that one. <laughs> um, no battle now, here. Is there another? Because we got Huntley, Chubb, Andrews, and the Lions D. We're sitting at thirty four thousand seven hundred. Uh, we need a 
running back, three wide receivers, and a flex. Is there a higher price option or a mid-tier option that you're looking at? For a running back? For a running back or wide receiver. All right. So for let's go, let's go with a wide receiver. Let's get a wide receiver in there. I think for me, a must start is Chris Godwin this week. Um, the 49ers are, you know, obviously one of the best overall defenses in the league, but they're not that great against the pass and they're giving up an average of 12.4 receptions and 21 fantasy points per game to wide receivers. And since week four, Godwin is averaging 10.6 targets per game. Uh, 49ers are not great against slot wide receivers. I think Godwin is going to get his, he's going to get at least 11 targets this week. And uh, I think he's going to smoke them for a touchdown, at least one touchdown. Now, I like that. So let's put in Godwin. Godwin's 7,500. This drops us down to 27,000. I really think we need to look at attacking the Texans. Absolutely. They give up the most points per game to opposing running backs. Now we need to have the Elliott and Pollard debate. <laughs> um, you know, just kind of looking at where they are. Okay. This is my mindset. You know, I'll, I feel people are going to look at Elliott. I feel people are going to go to Elliott because they think he's a starter. Okay. If we look at it in the red zone, Elliott, 16 carries, 8 TDs. Pollard, 15 carries, 5 TDs. Elliott, 1 reception, 1 TD. Pollard, 4. Oh, sorry, those are targets. Sorry. He has 1 catch, 1 target, 1 TD. So he's basically had 1 pass go his way in the red zone. Pollard, 4 um, four targets, you know, 2 TDs. I look at that as basically a wash. The red zone production's a wash. Um, you know, last game, Elliott, 17 for 77, one TD, had three for 14 in the air, five straight with a touchdown. He has at least 15 carries in eight of the last nine games. Flip side, Pollard, 12 carries, 91 yards, two TDs, had two receptions for 15. He has gone 12 for 60 in each of the last six games, averaging 16 carries, 93 yards, and a tutty on the ground. He also has two more as a receiver in two of his last three games, hitting 30 yards or more receiving. Okay? So, and then when you look at it, Pollard on the year is RP7. Elliott on the year is RB23. The last four games, Pollard's RB2. Elliot's RB fifteen. Am I crazy to play Tony Pollard here, even though he may be the chalk? No, uh, you know he's uh, five hundred dollars cheaper than Elliot. He's more. He's the more efficient runner out of the two, and Elliot's you know been known to be a little injury prone as well. I I think with the discount in price, it opens things up a little more, and I'm I'm on the I'm on board with Pollard in this case. I mean he's been. As you say, he's been ranked higher as than Elliott over the last four games, and he's more efficient. And I also kind of feel like if the Texans get down and the Cowboys are up big, they're going to save Elliott. They'll 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 have Pollard yeah. out there more, as crazy as it sounds. So I think that that's something um, we can both agree on. So let's lock in Pollard. So we got Chubb, 
Pollard, Godwin, Andrews, Huntley, the Lions D. We have two wide receiver positions and a flex position left. Um, is there anyone else you really Jones in to get into the lineup? Uh, 100%. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown from your Detroit Lions. He yep. is a target hog. He has a crazy 29% target share, and the Vikings give up the third most points per game to opposing wide receivers. I think he's a no-brainer to get in there at uh, 8,600. Vikings defense is so putrid; it's funny. It is like, and I, and I like, I made some bold calls at the beginning of the season, and one of my biggest calls that I'm wrong on is the Vikings being bad, but I kind of argue with people. Am I really that wrong? No, I, I, like I said, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they're 10 and two. I really don't. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, I just mean, I, I honestly, I honestly see them losing first, first round in the playoffs. I, and it, it's <laughs> disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting that they're going to, um, they're going to make the, make the playoffs, you know, just, Kind of looking at it, you know, he had 11 for 114, two touchdowns, has three touchdowns in the last two games. And his last four, he's he's averaging going seven for 76. Oh, no. And he's averaging nine yeah. receptions, 108 yards, 10 targets, and almost a touchdown a game. Yeah. He's And it's indoors. And we all know Jared Goff is insanely better indoors. It's night and day yeah. with Goff indoors. I, I, I don't mean to be a homer. I don't mean no, you can't a, argue. You can't argue the numbers. So <laughs> I don't mean to be a I'm with you, report, but we got to do that. Um, now we need to go to a little bit of a lower budget option. And I had one that I wanted to throw out to you. And I just wanted you to kind of get now. He is hurt. OK, so there is that there is the worry. He is hurt. Um, I kind of like Quartez work. Quatez Watkins. You just look at his production since, um, excuse me, Gallus Gobert has gone out. His production has gone up a lot per game. Uh, he went five for 37 last game. Um, he's had five catches or a touchdown in three straight outings, averaging three for 43. Uh, before, you know, before that little run, he went four for eight. He does have a low floor, but I feel like he's got a very high ceiling. And with the majority of people looking to either go Miles Sanders in this game, um, AJ Brown or Devontae Smith, I think Quadez Watkins, who's a little under the radar, is a pretty good snag. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a little bit of a boomer bust, but with the price tag on him, he's uh, you know, he's a good a good spot to put in because it opens up, you know, for potentially higher price people that you can put in your lineup. So Watkins, I like, because if he gets, if he gets you a deep ball, uh, because they're focusing on Smith and, and AJ Brown, um, I, it's really going to pay off in the long run. Now that is of course, if he plays, I'm thinking he'll play a hundred percent. So right now we're looking pretty good. We have 5,700 left. Uh, for those that are listening and following along, that means we have Huntley at quarterback, Chubb, Pollard at 
the running back, wide receiver. We got Godwin, St. Brown, Watkins, and Mark Andrews. Lions defense, we got 5,700 left. Some interesting choices down there. Let's go down to the 5,700 mark. Um, obviously, there's Kareem Hunt. I really don't want anything to do with Kareem Hunt just because he's so so hit or miss. Uh, Corey Davis, um, you talked about it before, is becoming a bigger part, but he's playing against Buffalo. Do we really want to go there? Um, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how many targets he's truly going to get this week. So, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, you know, Duvernay. We already got somebody going from the. Um, excuse yeah, me, not going from, with Duvernay yeah, <laughs> from the Ravens. Uh, you know, and then we got someone. You know, then we got Terrence Marshall, but we have someone very interesting. I wanted to throw this out to. How do you feel about Chuba Hubbard, former? Hey, former. Ohio, now Oklahoma State Cowboy. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he's a Cowboy. But that's okay. (laughs) Uh, You know, he went 17 for 65 on the ground last game. Um, You know, that's after going 18 for 77 on the ground in the previous three. Um, You know, I like him in this game because they're going to have to run the ball. Darnold hasn't played, you know, in – how many games he's only played one game this year. So they're going to have to get him back out there, get him comfortable. They're going to run the ball with Hubbard and Foreman. Foreman is, you know, questionable there. So I think he's a good low budget play. Um, He's caught four, four passes over his last four games, but you know, he's only played uh, seven less offensive snaps than Foreman has in their last game. So I think he's a viable option. Um, and I, I really think. feel like before Hubbard got hurt after the McCaffrey trade, this that's kind of like five to seven snaps difference. That's kind of where it was. You know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't as big as everyone thinks. This still is a dual, um, dual running back field. And right. – Seattle's really bad defending the pass. Hubbard is the pass catching down. Uh, and Foreman's been hurt. Uh, we talked about you, you know, you, you kind of mentioned it. I heard an interview earlier today where he said he's still rehabbing, but hopes to play. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, Hubbard could get the full, the full line. Hubbard share could, there. Get, could get the full workload, you know, running back and ribs are nothing to mess around on. And Seattle's, not that good against the, uh, the against rock. the uh, running back. As we saw with Jack, Josh Jacobs. As we saw ago. with Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, so I'm going to read the lineup, and then I just want to ask you one question before we sign off. Uh, Tyler Huntry, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, Chris Godwin, St. Brown, Quatez Rockins, Mark Andrews, Chuba Hubbard, and the Lions defense. That is the DFS lineup that Nick and myself are giving out. Before I let you go, looking at what Mayfield brought to the table yesterday, is there anyone like is Tutu Adwater worth a pickup now? I mean, he was targeted a lot. It looked like that's who Mayfield was comfortable with, but I just don't know just because it was all the underneath stuff. You know what I mean? Van Jefferson did have a decent game. Um, I'm pulling up the stats right now, but just to my eye, I think that's kind of who he looked, you know, looked to target. I don't, I don't know what you thought. 
Yeah, I mean, he 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 had a pretty decent rapport with him. Um, again, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. Uh, he headbutted one of his own players without a helmet on, and the other player had a helmet on. So he doesn't seem like too bright of an individual. But I'm gonna, you know, and he also went to Oklahoma, so I don't really like Oklahoma. But yeah. uh, I think I think I mean, here this... it is. If we just look at it. Ben Skromerick, eight targets, seven receptions, 89 yards. Tutu Atwell, nine targets, five catches, 50 yards. Van Jefferson, four for two, 44. He had that tutty. Um, is Saronic just there just because he's playing the cup role? Or I don't know. Like, I, I kind of like Atwell moving forward, as crazy as it sounds. I mean, maybe for the next couple of weeks while Baker gets – um, acclimated with the offense and the offensive schemes. Like, I, I think that's a viable option. Um, and then maybe later on, he'll start to like unleash the ball a little more. Um, so yeah. go down a little bit more downfield than we can get Van Jefferson back. In. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think Atwell could be a sneaky little pickup for if you're trying to make the playoffs, like boomer bust type of deal. And uh, you know, or first round of the playoffs for that matter. Okay, cool. Cool. I just wanted to get your, take on that game see if you were liking um nick thanks for coming on why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media you can find me on twitter at naa fantasy thank you sir thank you etoft uh we will be back here next week if you guys have any fantasy football questions please um feel free to dm nick or myself we'll always ask you some late breaking news and i apologize i was reading that Joe Mixon not listed. So that means it looks like Mixon is going to give it a go. He's not listed on the injury report for those listening. Uh, Nick, until next week, my friend. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. So we're at the point of the podcast where we're going to talk UFC 282 and who better to come on. He was on last pay-per-view, gave out O'Malley by decision at an absolute huge price. My boy, Jason, a.k.a. Bully the Line on social media. How are you doing today, my friend? Good, Eric, man. Thanks for having me again, man. Hopefully we can hit some uh, – I said this this, uh, this week, this pay-per-view, let's sweep the car, man. <laughs> I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to. Um, I'll be honest, though. I liked last week's just UFC Orlando just because I – I, you know, there's a I, – I, there was more fights – more interesting fights. I feel like this fight with some of the stuff going on with the injuries has kind of lost a little bit of its luster. Yeah, I know some. I know one of the one of the co-main event or one of the main events was scratched uh, from this pay per view, which uh, you know those things kind of happen. That's that's usually happens almost like in every single you know UFC pay per view. But I think overall, man, it's gonna be a very once again another very interesting, gonna be a sneaky good uh, pay per view, man, at UFC two eighty two. Now, how this is gonna work is. Jason has four bets. I have three bets, and Jason has a juicy parlay. So let's start it off. Jason, what is your first bet, my man? Yeah, I'm going to start off, man, in the early uh, prelims with um, with Eric Silva and TJ Brown fight. Um, this one's pretty much a uh, pick em. Uh Eric Silva is going to be making his UFC debut uh, at this pay-per-view. He's nine nine and one uh, against TJ Brown, who's sixteen and nine. Uh, pretty much, you know, same height 
TJ Brown does have a uh, you know two inch reach advantage, but uh, I think Eric Silva is one of those fighters that's able to really uh, all of his fights pretty much he's made all of his opponents kind of tap out or has done some sort of submissions. So a really good submission fighter, able to bring this you know fight to the mat, and I think that's where TJ Brown has his weakness weaknesses at. It's not a really uh, has some mediocre takedown defense, and I think that's where Silva is going to be able to take advantage. Uh, I like the price, man. This one's actually I saw it at 120 uh, earlier in the week. Now it's down to about 110. So uh, some obviously some money coming on TJ Brown, but I think Eric Silva here is the play. Uh, just a low odds UFC debut. Actually has fought better competition, I think, um, in uh, you know his opponents, and a lot of TJ Brown's losses have been by sub. So uh that's a huge uh you know advantage for silva i like him to take advantage man this uh you know this this saturday night yeah i like silva too and that i completely agree with you this leads me to my uh first bet i did silva by submission at plus 290 this i know this is the toughest fight of his career as you mentioned uh making his ufc debut brown great striker but i think silva is going to be able to get it to the ground. That's obviously one of Brown's weaknesses. And I think he's going to be able to get his back. And I think he's going to be able to choke it out. I think Silva knows this is a shot. And you see these guys making their UFC debuts. They're hungry dogs. I love Silva here to get his back and to choke him out. Get the submission win at plus 290. So Jason, both on the same, the same fight. Um, Second bet. Now let's shift our attention to the main card. Second bet. What are you looking at? Yeah, man, I'm going right into the main card here. Bryce Mitchell and Ilya Taporia. Once again, man, this is another going to be a really good fight to kick off the pay-per-view. Uh, I think it's, once again, another close, going to be another close fight. Um, two very good fighters. I think this will be another entertaining fight. Both of these fighters are undefeated, so somebody's going to be taking the L, man, off their first loss, you know, in UFC uh, uh, during this fight. And I, I like this one to kind of go the distance, man. I got it minus, you know, minus 102, uh, so it could go, you know, definitely either way. But Mitchell fights his opponents, man. His last three fights have all gone to decision. Um, while the, the, the case for Poirier, uh, his uh, – excuse me, uh, his fights, he's actually – uh, knocking some guys out. And I think that's where, uh, you know, those things are kind of even out. I think this fight's going to go, you know, past uh, their, you know, their three round uh, fight there. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's almost like we prep for this together. Uh, <laughs> going to that fight. Uh, I really like Mitchell here. I've liked this kid for a while. Interesting matchup. Neither one of these fighters that you mentioned is lost. Um, you know, Mitchell likes to grapple. Copria likes to box. I am looking, and he has only been in the third round once, so I'm really questioning his cardio when it gets to that later round. Is he If it's 1-1 and it's starting the later round, is he going to have enough stamina to do enough on his feet to win that round? I like Mitchell's grappling a lot. He's been to the third round, as you, as you, as you have mentioned, going the distance last couple of fights. I think his grappling is the big advantage. I really think he's going to be able – to get Topra to the ground. And once he gets him to the ground, I see is grinding him to a submission or grinding to a uh, decision victory. So 
I just played Mitchell to win at plus 20, plus 120. I didn't know which way he's going to win, but I think he's going to win the fight. So Mitchell at plus 120 is my second bet. Yeah, I'm actually surprised he's an underdog uh, in this in this fight, man. So uh, I was kind of surprised when I first saw the lines, as a matter of fact. So being able to get a you know fighter like that, I think, you know, at a toss-up, at a plus price, man, I think is a, is a good find and a great bet. Now, in terms of your third bet, and what are we looking at, my man? Yeah, I'm going right back into the you know into the co-main event here, going with a fan favorite, uh, you know, in the UFC, man, Patty Pimblett and uh, Jared Gordon. Um, this one, man, I just think uh, overall, I think UFC is going to keep. Uh, I, I just think, I think Patty's just going to be the better fighter here. I think he's. Uh, going to win inside the distance. Um, and, and, and I think one of the main things here is, is Gordon has not been able to, uh, when he gets, when he gets, when he gets defeated, he's, he submits very easily. And I think that's where Patty is going to take advantage. Uh, it's just when Gordon loses, uh, it's either by submission. He really gets, really gets, really gets knocked out. It's more getting subbed. And I think that's where Patty's going to take advantage. He's more of a uh, submission fighter. Uh, if you look at uh, his last, I would say, you know, his last uh, three out of four fights have all been by submission. And I think that's where Patty's going to take advantage on uh, Jared Gordon. And um, he's one of the, one of the uh, pop-ups came up. And also, you know, he's got about a five-inch reach advantage uh, on, on, his, on his opponent. So Patty's got a five-inch five reach advantage on Gordon. And I think that's where, I think that's where the disadvantage is going to come. So I got Patty inside the distance. I think he's going to either submit or maybe he has the power to knock him out. So I think this, I think this fight doesn't last past, you know, the second round. Now, same fight again, crazy how we've all been in the same fight. Um, I'm look, I, I, I went a little different direction though. And I will be the first to admit I'm not on this Patty, Patty hype train at all. I think with his fighting style, I think he's a little relentless when he closes the, the range. But I don't think Gordon's the type of fighter that is going to be able to take advantage of it. I'm just itching for the opportunity to fade this guy. But I really don't think you can. Um, I'm worried about Gordon's chin. That's my thing. I look back at it. I know it's been a while since he's been knocked out. He has been knocked out four times. Um, Patty has six knockout wins. I think he wins in the distance for sure. I think, and I'm seeing a KO at plus 340. With him having six knockouts, Gordon Ben knocked out four times. I'm taking Patty by knockout at plus 340. Yeah, good price. And I, I agree with you there. You know, uh, there's going to come a point where we start paying, uh, fading uh, Patty, but, but this just ain't the fight, man. And I, and I agree with you. There's going to come a time to fade, <laughs> and it's going to be soon. Yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm itching for it because it's going to be such a big play. Um, <laughs> Now let's shift our attention to the main event. I know you have a bet in this main event. Yeah, man. Uh, we got the uh, got the main event here. Uh, uh, Blackfoot versus uh, Anna Um I think this is gonna. This, I mean, this. I think this is gonna be another one of uh, those grind out fights. Uh, you know, two of the big boys. I'm trying to get the stats up here, so my internet's being a little slow. Uh, but I got this fight going uh, to the distance. Like I got it going all the way to the distance, plus one forty-one. Uh, they're going for you know the vacant lightweight, uh, lightweight, light heavyweight championship, and uh, 
almost ideal when it comes to height and reach. I just think this one's just going to go the distance, man. I think it's just one of those fights that's going to be a, 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 a grinded out sort of sort of fight. Um, and it's going to kind of stick to um, Anna Club's, um, uh his strengths, man. It's more that ground and pound and going to take up some time. And a lot of his, uh, you know, this last, uh, you know, three out of three out of four fights have all gone decision, and I think that's going to uh, play into his play his part, and that's going to happen either in this fight. Um, now, I am really looking at playing Mark Growen in this at plus two forty by decision. So, hearing you say how much you like this to go the distance is kind of leaning to put me in there. So, I thank you for that. You know, it's just an interesting matchup. You know, both fighters do well um, on their feet. I think um, I'm not. I'm gonna call him Jan because I can't pronounce names as good. As <laughs> I think he's got better jujitsu. Uh, I think he's gonna struggle to get uh, Mana Grove to the ground because that 86 percent um, takedown defense. But yeah, I think this goes decision. Um, I'm. I may lock. You know what? You. Listening to you talk has convinced me I'm going to lock in um, Ankalova. Did I say it right? Yes. Ankalova by decision plus 240. There you go. (laughs) Now, you have a juicy parlay. Why don't you tell everyone the juicy parlay that uh, you're going to be locking in? Yeah, I mean, uh, be called juicy plus 237. Uh, that's juicy enough for me. Uh, usually, if I go anything over that, I'll freaking lose. Uh, but I'm going to go Silva, Patty, and Anacolin, man. All money line, uh, plus 237. Um, once we, once we kind of uh, sneak through Silva, I think he gets the win. I think we should be in smooth sailing after that. So a little bit of a sweat early on, but once you turn the pay-per-view on, hopefully you'll have uh, a winner out, out the gate and uh, watch the pay-per-view and get you two more winners. Uh, Jason, I'd like to thank you for, uh, for coming on. Those who don't know, Jason and I, we have a, on his podcast, we do bets. He's been killing it the last three weeks. I had a comfortable lead. I think you've overtook me, right? I, I don't know. I think we're kind of tied, man. Uh, tied. You, I, we're, we're tied. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I got a little bit of a hot streak, but, uh, but you're seeing still, the still, world, man. Uh, I guess, well. you know, uh, those come out every Friday. Uh, I'm still waiting. The thing that's frustrating me with this is they wait so long for these player props now. And we, like, we like to get them out on, um, I like, we like to get them out Friday. So, uh, you know, be on the lookout for that later today as well. Jason, why don't you tell everyone where you, where they can find you on social media? Yeah. You can follow me along on Twitter, Instagram at boy, the line, and, uh, hope we get you some, get you some winners, man. Thanks for coming on. Every single time there is a UFC pay-per-view, Jason will be coming on and we'll be hanging out some winners. Make sure to give him a follow on social media. Best of luck, my friend, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks again for having me, man. Thanks, Eric. So now we're at the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some NHL. Brandon could not be here today because he has a holiday party to attend for work. He sent in his bets. His bets are as followed. Jacob Debrosk. Over two and a half shots. Brandon Marcham, over two and a half shots. His parlay is this. The Calgary Flames, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Boston. Oh, excuse me. Pittsburgh Penguins. His parlay is as follows. The Calgary Flames, 
over six and a half in the Penguins Sabres. Capitals, Bruins minus the one and a half. The Las Vegas Golden Knights and over five and a half in the New York Rangers Colorado Avalanche game. Best of luck if you tail. Mine is, I'm going back to the well. Give me Anders Lee over two and a half shots at plus 104. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. We had a great show. I hope you made some money. I'd like to thank my guest, David, at BetterDP21 on Instagram and Twitter. Nick at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. Jason at BullyTheLine on Instagram and Twitter. And Brandon at BostonBoy83 on Instagram and Twitter. Best of luck if you tail these picks. The ETOF21 Sports Podcast, sponsored by PointsBet, will be back next Friday. And as always, the ETOF21 Sports Show is live this Friday, no, excuse me, this Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Make sure to check that out. Until next week, boys and girls.